welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Jonas. On this week's chat, we're discussing a data breach that involves a COVID testing provider and the technical issue at Christmas that led to £130 million being paid out by accident. So going to kick off with the COVID testing centre story due to the fact that I think it's going to be quite an animated discussion between the two of us as to what's happened here and the multitude of failures that have led to people's data being exposed online. So do you want to give a quick summary of the situation as we understand it, Kelly? can do because I sense a lot of rage is going to be you Regina I'm not sure if I'm <laughs> going to be able to interject enough up and end to wind us up at the end so I was made aware of a, a story earlier this week about a COVID testing provider called Alpha Express Testing who offer testing for just under £10 it's a two-day testing and apparently which have identified they have been exposing customer details onto the internet uh, with names, email addresses, and most alarmingly, which I know has alarmed you the most about this routine. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's two things I know that have alarmed you. One, there was passport photos. So if you think about the combination of full identifiable information and with your passport, you've then got your email address. There is a distinct possibility that that could lead to fraudulent activity because you've got ID, which have looked into this in great detail. They have contacted the company. They have made them aware of the breach. I'd say a white knight has sent an email to all the customers to let them know that this was an exposure. The company themselves have not done anything. They have not put out any notice onto the web. They have, as far as we know, not notified the ICO of this blunder, which is significant because let's not forget it's got passport pictures. And they had to be reminded by which that this information was still in the public domain as early as last week. From a data protection perspective, apart from the complete lack of security at a basic level, they're also not registered with the Information Commissioner. Well, they weren't until the 14th of January. They've registered themselves since. This is a significant breach, as far as I'm concerned, because they we don't know how many people have been affected for it. But let's be honest, you know, if you're going to choose, if, if you want to be travelling and you've already forked out for your travel costs, you may well go for the cheaper COVID test option then you are going to pay for the 50. So if you're presented with a £50 option versus a £10 option, you're probably not going to have read their privacy policy. You're probably not really caring about their security. You just want your COVID test so you can come in or out of the country. And to be fair, they are listed on the, or they were Mm -hmm. listed on the providers through the official government list. And I'd imagine that the majority of people would therefore assume that the government have done some sort of checking of those providers as to their adequacy and standards that they should be adhering to to provide this kind of information this kind of service to people and that that is then protected i like your optimism there regina oh well it's not my optimism i'm just saying that i would imagine that the majority of people would assume that that checking would have been done (laughs) maybe not with recent headlines (laughs) i'm gonna go with there isn't anything i mean i don't even know how you get onto the government website for this particular other than the fact there are 400 odd these companies out there some of which are sole traders which in itself alarms me massively but let's not go on to that kind of rage 
I think the, the challenge here is that the company hasn't made any kind of announcement. As far as we know, certainly not since last week, they've not gone out there and said, we have had a data breach, you know, this is what we're planning to do with it. They were back selling tests last week. So they've got a notice on the website that says there's a delay in providing lateral flow device results, test results, and that people need to bear with them. But there's no reference to the fact that their customer's data has been available on the internet. And when they were noted on notified on the Thursday, it was still available on the following Monday when they got notified again and then eventually took it down by the end of the day. It's negligent. It's people's, you know, it's an image of their passport that's got all the details on there and that, that could be used. It's their health, you know, it's COVID test results, so it might mm -hmm. indicate that they're positive. So mm -hmm. that's health-related information. This is sensitive you know, special category data, they hold it unacceptable that it's Brave, been handled in this way. It's, it makes me really cross because, like you say, people are going to be looking at, you know, the, the costs for travelling and taking tests, particularly if you have to travel more frequently to visit family, mm -hmm. you know, or if you're going on holiday somewhere, the tests can be quite expensive and you know you have to do them. And, and with a lot of things, people will look for the cheapest option. And sure. the risk there, you know, they're not, going to have seen that risk and I've had a look at the privacy policy on Alpha Express testing's website and it doesn't refer to any kind of relevant information of what they're actually processing it's a bog standard templated one that's probably been put in place by the website provider and doesn't reflect anything about what they're actually doing in terms of data processing so that's not compliant either it's I mean truly appalling truly so, appalling <laughs> to, to recap some of the failings that we think that this company has they don't understand the concept of transparency so their privacy policy isn't transparent yes it's on there but it doesn't tell us anything it's um, tick box basically it's a tick box they haven't followed the concept of privacy by design and by default that's very clear because there's no security and the exposure of data would indicate that that fault process hasn't been considered and if it has it's woeful because you should have identified these risks and, and plugged them. They can't have a data breach response because had they done that, then there should have been something that would have gone to the information uh, commissioner. And there should have been something that at least went to their customers that have been informed by a third party via email that their data had been exposed, you know, and then they haven't responded to which who have said the data is still available more than 72 hours after the fact that we told you it was exposed so and then i would anticipate they've probably not then reported the breach through to the ico mm -hmm. within that time frame of 72 hours of becoming Absolutely. aware of the breach and mm -hmm. obviously you've got a third party that's very clear about when they've notified them. Yeah. so there's no getting away from that there's an additional risk to them that potentially could be fined for being that deadline as well as the breach yeah. itself yeah and where's the communication to the individuals they know that their customers have been informed because the third parties told them <laughs> you know so where's the going out to reassure your customers that you actually have this under control yes it is an error yes their data has been exposed but what have you done to contain it is there a risk of fraudulent activity if so what should the customer's next steps be is a terrible response to a significant breach and i think for me this highlights these were um, systems that were rolled out incredibly quickly in response to covid and as with a lot of things that are rolled out quickly fundamental things like data protection I don't even think we're probably on the radar.
No, I'm sure they weren't. It's very much just been about getting the reporting processes in place. And then for some people, it's going to have been about capitalising on the opportunity to make money. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but if you do it to the expense of the safety and security of your customers and the people that rely on you, then it is absolutely a bad thing because you don't, you just clearly demonstrate and you don't care about your customers, about their data or how you handle it. So how is anybody going to trust you? And, you know, I guess my tip would be if you are traveling and you're going to be using firms that are on the government websites to go and look at their specific websites, see what they say in their privacy policy. Have they taken it seriously? Do they talk about COVID testing? You know, I've seen some good ones out there and know that firms have taken it seriously. They've done things like data protection impact assessments and understand the requirements of what they need to do to keep this data safe. And, you know, I think... There are going to be people out there who are just looking to make a quick buck. I'd say potentially if they're not taking the data protection side seriously, that's going to be an indication that they're not going to necessarily be the firm you want to use. No, I agree uh, with that. It'll be interesting to see what happens next if we see anything on the ICO website in terms of action that they're taking or if they're aware of the situation. So we might not know immediately, but it'll be one to look out for, for sure. Absolutely. So I'm going to move us on from this because we have a limited amount of time now. <laughs> but that was, that was good. I think we had equal chat there, Regina, which was surprising because I wasn't sure I was going to be able to speak. <laughs> uh, I know. The other, and a customer actually told me about this breach yesterday, primarily because I switched off all things uh, technology over Christmas, including all the news. So I was, totally didn't wasn't aware of this. But a client said to me yesterday, Kelly, did you see the Santander breach? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, yeah, on Christmas Day, Santander double paid people. They double paid individuals for recurring payments. So if you had your salary going out, it would have been before paid, before the 25th of December. And suppliers. So... A number of people, and I think it was like 75,000 odd people, got paid mm-hmm. twice. So Merry Christmas to Merry them. Christmas, absolutely. <laughs> and obviously some suppliers got paid twice. Now this amounted to about £130 million that Santander have pushed out. Now the challenge that they now have is to try and claim that money back um, because they have accepted that it was a technical error. I would question, well, there's what have you been doing to your systems around that time to encounter that? You might have been doing changes because you think Christmas is going to be quiet, maybe. But a blunder's happened. They're now talking to a lot of the other banks to explain what's happened and how do they try and claim some of that back. Some of that money has come back into Santander's account, but quite rightly or wrongly, depending on how you want to view this, um, a couple of companies who are concerned about debt for individuals has said that people that have seen that double payday have spent that money. How do you then get that money back from an individual? So if you've seen a double payday, yay you, it's Christmas Day, hit the Christmas sales hard. Mm. Or do you, hold up, I think this is a mistake. I can't spend this money because it doesn't belong to me. It's been made in error. I'll wait for it to be claimed back. So Mm. but on the side of they've already spent it, the banker in the position of having to consider, well, how? And can we claim this money back? You know, because it was an error, but it might have been spent. The companies that are worried about debt are saying, well, these people that if you claim it back may spiral into an overdraft and it might uh, cause a whole lot of problems versus, you know, those that are happy to give it back because they know it was an error. Makes you think of that old um, Monopoly card where it's like bank error in your favour, collect £100. You just be like, great, thanks very much. (laughs) No, I don't think that's how it works. I think I probably would fall more on the... Hmm. I would, I would. I've got double my salary. I'm close to one side. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) It's like... 
how long like if it's what six what you go if it's a year passes and nobody says anything maybe then it's mine <laughs> or some you might think it's a bonus you know yeah. end of year christmas gift you know you think oh that's a really generous thing from my employers i wasn't expecting it thank you very much you know i don't i honestly don't know what camp i would sit in <laughs> well you i know. think as our own business owners we know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but some of us but from a very yeah, serious think... some of our clients are actually online on christmas day because they had an absolute panic that they had made a mistake, that their yes. payroll has gone out twice. So what was looking on their accounts was like, oh, for a number of people, this would have ruined Christmas because of this error that had nothing to do with them, but to reassure themselves that it's like, it's not my mistake, yeah. you know? Yeah, so it, absolutely. I think it just goes to show that these kind of, it, it's in that they're in the public domain, some people are going to benefit from it, but it will have stressed out a lot of people. Absolutely. And I think obviously the risk relating to sort of data protection at the moment is because it's a very public yeah. story and we know how quickly scammers move on mm -hmm. these type of things, the likelihood is, is that there will be some people who again see an opportunity to capitalize and mm -hmm. make themselves some fraudulent money and they will be then sending emails out that look like Santander to try and you know get money paid back to Santander but actually it's going to a scammer so I think there's calls for Santander to be clear about what their process is going to be about retrieving yeah. cash so that people don't give it back to somebody who's not actually anything to do with Santander so there's recommendations to get in touch with the bank directly if you get that kind of email so that then you're not falling foul a second time to something that's uh, erroneous and going to put you in trouble. But I think, you know, those two stories are a really good reminder to all of us that we need to keep an eye on our data. We need to be careful in the, the companies that we select. And, you know, when we're working and handling data, we need to be looking and double checking everything. So things, mistakes are avoided as much as possible that have an impact on individuals. And with that, it's World Data Protection Day on the 28th of January. And that's always a good time for companies and individuals to just think about how you're handling your personal data and how are you keeping it safe and just putting those checks and balances in place. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And if you spot any interesting stories in the news you'd like us to discuss, please do get in touch on coffee at gbxuk.com. We'll see you next time for more coffee and chat about the world of data and data protection. Mm -hmm.